Hello, my friends, and welcome to your Life Now show. This is Coach Ria. Good morning to my uh, U.S. listener, and good more, good day to the rest of the world, wherever you are. Thank you so much for being here. Um, this is Coach Ria. I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now, and uh, it's a, life, a professional life coaching service. And in my service, I work with businesses as well as individuals, helping them achieve achieve the life they desire on a personal and as well as the professional level. There are so many areas of impact in our life and uh, that affect the quality of the living of the life that we we live. And some of these impacts are, but not limited to personal, professional growth, personal relationships, professional relationships money, finances, career, self-esteem, health and fitness, spirituality, and of course, overall, the quality of life. On this show, I try to discuss different topics related to some of these areas of impact. I just wanted to make sure our listeners understand this discussion on this show is really meant to be thought-provoking and not intended to be a professional advice. Of course, you can learn more about me and my work, and uh, if you would like to get some uh, free consultations, just reach me on my website at www.coachingbyria.com. I always like to set my intention in the beginning of the show and just uh, put it out there. My intention of having this show is really to brought your mind to all the available choices out there for you. It is your choice. It is your right to choose what is right for you. So all I ask of you is really to have an open heart and an open mind. I like to bring awareness to the surface. I like to give you a chance to think in a different way and see if you can change things in your life by approaching it from a different angle. It's really it's all about awareness. It's all about bringing our awareness to this present moment. Today, I have a dear friend, um, a mentor, a teacher that I have looked up to for quite a while in my life or helped me to be where I am right now. And uh, um, I'm, it, this is really, I'm, I'm very, very delighted to have him. He is the Barefoot Doctor, also known as Stephen, Stephen Russell, the most humble person I ever know. He is famous for presenting the ancient Taoist principle in a pure and simple manner. The Barefoot Doctor, also like to be referred as Steph, has been at the helm of personal development movement in the United Kingdom and around the world for more than 40 years. He has devoted his life to interpreting, simplifying, and sharing the Tao system of medicine, martial arts, meditation, and creativity. The Barefoot Doctor, or Steph, enjoyed a mystically-oriented childhood. He studied Aikido, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing it right, energy healing, and meditation at age 11. He studied yoga, Tai Chi in his late teens, the human psych and how to approach it with R.D. Lane in his early 20s, shamanism while he was living with a Native American for four years in New Mexico, and as well as acupuncture and Taoism in his mid to late 20s. He has returned to London and ran a busy acupuncture healing practice until 2000. He now lives in South France after living in Ibiza, Spain, for four years. He is an accomplished musician, sound healing expert, public speaker, seminar leader, and author. He has traveled the world doing live events and continues to do that, seminar, talks, conscious clubbing nights. I'd love to learn more about that coaching and healing people. He runs an online training in the inner game of Gauss Mastery at the school for warriors.com, an online ashram at www.barefootdoctorglobal.com. That's one of his largest uh, website. A weekly online satsang, which at www.barefootsatsang.com. And there is also a free resources site at www.superchargedows.com. He is an author of 14 best-selling books. And here are some of his books, Handbook for Urban Warriors, Handbook for Modern Lovers, Liberation, Dear Barefoot, Be Pure, 
supercharged DAOs, the man who drove with his eyes closed, and his latest book, The Message, Vision for the New World. And you can learn more about the book at www.barefootmessage.com. I am so delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for being here, Stuff. Oh, it's lovely to be here with you. I was just thinking, he sounds like quite a guy, that guy. Oh, my God, you sound amazing. You know, I, I go back with you a long time from Hay House, and, and you have taught me so much, and I really appreciate you being in my life. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> this is a great resume. I mean, you know, I, I was trying to shorten it, but there's so much that you do. How can I even, you know, I have to, I have to do you justice. So. <laughs> so I apologize if I didn't say everything, but I know you are an amazing person. Thank you so much for being here. Um, before we start, I just want to give out the number if anybody wants to call in and chat with us. It's, um, the number to call in is 626-213-5773. I also have the chat room open. You're welcome to put your uh, question there or comment. And we are hosting this show today on Skype. So I know some of my Skype friends keep sending me messages. If you are out there, please know that I am online hosting a show. So I will reach you um, later. So, Steph, again, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Why? Who is the Barefoot Doctor? So Good I, question. I ask myself <laughs> that every morning when I wake up. Who are you? Um, <laughs> um, well, I don't know, really. I, I, I kind of... Oh, where do I begin? You know, when I was six years old, I um, was lying on my bed one afternoon in North London. I'd just come home from school, and I was looking at the grey clouds passing by in the sky. And I often used to do that as a kid, get lost in the clouds. <laughs> and um, I heard this, uh, what I now know is the background radiation wave, the, the sound wave that the universe is built on, and it operates at 50 octaves below human hearing. And it's what the, the Indian yogis are trying to uh, symbolize or represent when they chant Om. You know, when they go, But imagine that 50 octaves deeper and, and multiplied by, say, 10 million. It was huge. And it just happened spontaneously. It just, I just heard the sound. And I knew I wasn't hallucinating or imagining it because it was too real and um, definite. And I wasn't surprised by it or shocked by it. It seemed quite ordinary in a way. And I knew that in my child's mind, my terminology at the time, I called it God talking. And um, I, I didn't really clearly know what it was saying to me. But the, the after sense was that, that we all have this connection to the very foundation of existence. And I could see, even at the age of six years old, that people had already gone in, even you know, my peers had gone into a trance, a sort of a trance of obedience to the everyday trance, uh, everyday world rather, and um, and it was somehow had become already unaware of the kind of heavenly realm that we'd all come out of, you know, so so um, recently. And I kind of felt that it was perhaps my um, duty and privilege to be somebody who would help people uh, remember the connection to what they really are, which is divine. And and that was that was at six. That, that was a crystallization of a kind of an awareness that I'd, I'd had since I was born. I, I honestly don't know why. Um, and that then led me into, um, well, actually didn't lead me. I was still completely a normal um, tearaway little boy and I used to love fighting a lot and I was getting into trouble at school over it. My dad had been a, a, an amateur boxer and he taught me how to box. I used to love boxing and by the age of 11 I was really getting into trouble for picking fights all over the place and um, my dad uh, took me to this old Japanese guy who'd just come to London that a friend of his knew called Tio Honsai who was a healer and I didn't know what a healer was I mean, it meant, meant nothing to me but he, he brought with him this at the time new martial art called Aikido from Japan that was really exciting because rather than using brute force it used this mysterious thing called ki or energy uh, against the opponent and um, I thought wow yeah I want to learn that because you know, I wanted to be like James Bond and uh, as you can see already there's quite a contact you, you asked me what, who I am and I'm a, I'm a man of quite extreme contradictions in many ways so on the one hand there's this spiritual holy man and on the other side this kind of potential thug and then um, no she's not not, <laughs> not by any chance well, not, no, not since I did the Aikido, because that really kind of um, leveled me out. And, and I was obliged. I was in a class with five adult men, 
because it, it was just an informal group. Um, he came over, he was treating Princess Margaret and Lord Cawdor and Lord Fenston, and there were all these kind of real heavyweight alpha males, these five guys, and this 11-year-old boy, me. So I was obliged to grow up quite quickly and, and act like a man rather than a kid in their company, as well as which the master was amazing. And I, and I, and I learned healing, because they wanted to learn healing, and I learned meditation, because they wanted to learn that, as well as you know the martial arts. Right. And so from the age of 11, I really had this, I didn't, well, I didn't want to be a healer. It wasn't a thought in my head. It's just it, something that happened and I was young, so I took to it quite well. And I, I, I like the place it gave me with people in that, you know, when you're at a party and you're 14 years old and the beautiful girl in the, in the party suddenly runs off into the bedroom in some sort of melodrama with her ladies in waiting and, none, and the door slams shut and none of the guys are allowed in. Well, then I'd be called in to chill her out or sort her out. And it, it was amazing because I get this kind of be privy to the, the background of what was going on in people's lives, which nobody else was. And kind of got to be known in the sort of teenage hippie years in London as the kind of the one with the wise things to say. Not always to my advantage. Sometimes, you know, quite often people say, "God, you're just too deep, you think too much," and um, and all that. But I was just so fascinated by how this energy worked, how this consciousness worked, and always remembering that sound. And I still do to this day at the age of 57. It's informed me every day of my life ever since. You know, I, I heard God talking. I heard the Tao chanting. And that's a privilege and an, an amazing one. And it's amazing because it was just a split second in time at the age of six years old. It's but it didn't scare you. It didn't like it didn't feel something out of, you know, that is you're not familiar with it. Because, I mean, I know when I heard it the first time, I mean, obviously I was, you know, much older, but uh, it was something. I mean, it's a lot deeper, you know, but as a child, it didn't, you know, kind of like, what is that? Yeah. No, I knew what it was. I think as children we know what's what. We're not, yeah. we're not baffled. You know, we're not baffled by all the stuff we run in as interference on ourselves at, right. at that, you know, that age. It was, yeah, as an adult it might have been a bit more shocking, I think. But as a child it seemed very, very ordinary and natural. You know, nothing, nothing surprising about it. I think, I think that when we do come face to face in these peak experiences and we come face to face with the divine, there, there isn't anything extraordinary about it because it's actually what's going on. All the rest of it on the surface is the illusion that we create, right, I think. Right. Absolutely. I totally 100% agree with you, you know, but um, some people don't see it that way. Now, the Taoism, what is, you know, I mean, I know it's not a religion. I mean, can you, because some people think it's a religion. It's not a religion, right? All right, yeah, I just want to, I have to finish off that last bit. I'm oh, sorry, time, go ahead. I, no, no, I just said, no, I'm not, I'm not still an 11-year-old boy. I mean, I am emotionally, but <laughs> <there's> been, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot happened since, but we'll, we'll, we'll gloss over that and come <laughs> to this present day and what Taoism is. Well, um, it's a cosmology. It's a model of reality that was um, developed in ancient China. There are the varying uh, theories about how old it is, ranging from something like 25,000 years to 5,000 years, and it's probably somewhere between those two. Um, it's not a religion, no, but because it, it doesn't require any faith or belief or adherence to any set of uh, rules or dogma. Um, although I have to say that since the 16th century in China, there's been a, an aberration a kind of a branch has grown up of people kind of making a kind of religion out of it and wearing silly clothes and saying silly things, because as people do with everything good. But um, it's pure form. There's no religious aspect to it. And it, it's, it's essentially a, a, a very simple philosophy, um, which is about, in a nutshell, that there is this presence that we would call God, but not in the religious sense, you know, the, the, the divine presence, the ineffable presence and force that is animating this entire universe. And um, if, he, if it's going to be anthropomorphized at all, it's a woman rather than a man. It's a kind of a maternal feeling. And you can't put it in words because it's too big. But all of this that we see around us in the whole cosmos forever and ever, and our feelings about it and our thoughts about it and all the people in our lives, all of this is an expression of it. It's man it manifests itself as this, which is like it's having a dream and this is its dream. And as soon as it has this dream and makes all this stuff manifest, they called it the world of the 10,000 things, 
Um, duality is, is born, the yin and the yang. You get the play of opposites comes, comes into being. So that you understand that when things get difficult, they reach their zenith and then automatically start to become easy again. And then when they reach the zenith of their easiness, they start to automatically become difficult again. And so we have our kind of biblical seven years of plenty, seven years of famine cycles, and or you have day and night, or you have a, a difficult day and an easy day, or you know. And but the the wise person learns to stand in the middle of it all and not identify with the extremes of good or bad. They know that one transforms into the other anyway, so just allow the dance to evolve. And uh, I think that's kind of the the essence of the philosophy in an absolutely ridiculously small nutshell. But then they develop all these uh, systems of psychophysical exercise. Tai Chi is one famous example. Acupuncture is another. Uh, Feng Shui is another, and that is the meditation system they do is another. Um, which is with with uh, de- uh, regular daily practice, not all the acupuncture is that you have to go to somebody, but with daily practice of these these systems, you become enlightened. You know, in, in spite of yourself, you because you, you've always got a choice in any moment to be kind of lost in the drama of the external world, the world of the ten thousand things, and be tossed all over the place by your emotions, or drop back behind it or into your core and at that in that place you become what i call the angelic presence because i do believe that we are all actually angels that have fallen to earth we are all fallen angels having a human experience right. and what the Taoist the system does is it's, it's a way of rising up again to not be a fallen angel anymore to be, become a sort of an action angel while you're on the planet and you then automatically somehow again in spite of yourself find yourself wanting to serve the greater good like angels do you want to heal you want to make things whole and better for everyone around you and because you you understand not because you're saintly just because you understand that by giving and making things better by serving others you are enriched yourself and that's the only way that you find true enrichment as opposed to seeking you know glory and, and prestige and wealth for yourself you, you constantly seek to how do i make this beautiful for everybody that's the, the essence of it all i'd say that's been a, uh, my life story because <laughs> people find me, it's like, why do you do what you do? And, you know, I have a master's degree in marketing background, been in corporate yeah. for a long time. And I had found my life purpose. And I just in love with what I do with, with helping people and, and seeing things changing. And I can so much like, you know, in tune with what you're saying, because that's how I feel. And, and I like, I get the, you know, my body just like it reacts to the emotion, like how I feel about it. When I see someone like I help, you know, be, or, or their life got better or whatever it is that I did, because I yeah. felt like I've done, I'm here uh, for that reason, and and I'm I'm serving my purpose, and it's it just amazing. But I mean, but we are human, you know. I mean, we do have our fall down, and we have our moments. And and when we talk about chi, which is the energy in the yin and the yang, and and we, it's out of balance. I mean, you know, like let's look around us. The world is going through a major shift right now, and 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 I think it's it's a it's a shift in consciousness. I think we all seeking enlightenment, and at least many of us. I mean, including me and many people that I know around me are feeling something is going on. And we feel like I, I, I mean, I know I've talked to a lot of people about this and I'm trying to figure it out because I'm like, I feel like I need to be doing more. That is like more is needed for me to be doing to kind of like try to help this world become something better. Because I think we give, we're going through, you know, the world's going through some serious crisis all over. Yep. You know, and we are being affected on an individual level, and it is just, how do we do that? I mean, I was trying to hold some kind of like a, a meditation seminar for eleven, eleven, and it's just a number. But I think because most of the focus was on that number, and most people were like, you know, so that that shifted the energy, that is shifting yeah. towards something negative. Tell me, I mean, what what do we do? I mean, how do we? On, on an individual level, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you're here because I, I, this has been puzzling me. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> well, I think that the thing is, is that when we look at the macrocosmic view, it's huge. And the, the shift that is going on, as you say, is unprecedented. As far as we know, there's probably never been a shift as, as dramatic as, as what's occurring now and what will continue to develop. Um, and it's something that must come. I mean, it's been prophesied by the Hopi Indians at least 2,000 years ago that when people would be talking to each other through cobwebs in the sky. That's like the telephone system. 
um, that th- this would come around. This this time, this this going from the fourth world to the fifth world would occur. That you know, the Mayans calendar uh, presumably comes to an end at the winter solstice next next year. This is a, a, a momentous phase in human history, and uh, we have got to negotiate it with more wisdom than we've perhaps ever mustered before, collective wisdom. We've got to learn to cooperate with each other, collaborate and communicate so that we get our priorities straight. We do have the opportunity to get through this, um, and I'm talking on a practical level, by diverting the funds that are going on frivolous pursuits at the moment to some extent. The super yachts, the buying of football clubs, soccer clubs, and all the rest of it, which are fun, and it's all great and all the rest of it, but to divert some of that that funding towards the development of things like making hydrogen work as a fuel for aeroplanes, because if we don't, we won't be able to keep flying aeroplanes around much longer, and we kind of rely on that. Uh, Just for example, and plus it gives no emissions, so, you know, we need that kind of thing happening. I'm talking practically there. Uh, We need to learn how to husband the resources we have, how to get the water levels up, because we've got very little water left. And we need to find cheap ways of desalinating water and purifying it so that we can all live. You know, these are basic fundamental requirements. And I do feel that we'll we'll get to that point. The thing is, as an individual, as you were saying, it's such a huge um, picture how do we affect that? But right. one single person in a state of absolute centeredness, in that angelic state, who has a vision of something changing, sends out ripples, which, albeit very, very subtle and discreet, do actually reach all parts of the collective psyche over time. Then if you multiply that by 100 people having a similar vision, or 1,000 or 10,000, or the proverbial 144,000, which I suspect is we must have reached that level by now, the, the critical mass of people that have woken up, um, that really does have an effect on the, on the entire collective consciousness. Um, the hundred monkey theory is, you, do you know that one, where the yes. scientists, yeah, yeah, you know, they're watching the monkeys pick up the, the, the shall I say it for the sake yes, of this? Yes, of course, sure, of course. Well, well, the, the, the scientists were watching a group of apes on, an, on a series of atolls uh, off the coast of Japan. And one day, uh, apparently, as the story goes, they observed one monkey dropping its root vegetable. They lived on root vegetables like potatoes, dropping its root vegetable by accident in the sea. Um, and then eating it, and surprised to find that it tasted better without all the mud on it, kept going back each day to wash his potato in the sea. Um, a, soon, a while later, the other monkeys started copying him, and when a hundred of monkeys on that one atoll were going down to the sea every day to wash their potatoes, all the monkeys on all the atolls started washing their potatoes in the sea at the same time. Um, it might be a bit of a kind of a, a bit allegorical, that story, but there's some feeling of truth in it. And, and it relates to the human uh, humankind that when it, that sort of proverbial hundred of us have kind of reached a certain level of awareness, then suddenly everybody does. And they don't even know how they got there. Suddenly the whole world wakes up to a new, a new paradigm, a new way of seeing everything. So I think that we are, yes, we, we must continue the work as individuals on meditating in whatever way that occurs on a daily basis, just touching base with your innermost self your God, your Tao, um, and aligning yourself uh, by intention to the highest good, even if you don't know what that is. Um, and that sends out ripples to others and that people pick it up. It's, it's contagious. Um, and then also focusing on joining into groups more and more. So I'm, I'm concentrating on that a lot in my own work, is, is bringing groups together for various excuses, really, whether it's for a workshop or meditation. I love your work. Your <laughs> <laughs> know, work is amazing, yes. Thank you. Or, you know, sound healings or right. even club, you know, club nights where people right. come to dance in a, in a discotheque. Um, but just drawing groups together where you can then raise the consciousness collectively because, and I think everyone instinctively feels this now, that we've got to come together in some way that we're not quite aware of what it is yet to evolve together collectively. And there is a great feeling in here, you know, like flash mobs, um, and, you know, whether you agree with the politics of it or not, the people who've been doing Occupy Wall Street and Occupy London, there's this sense of people wanting to join in, in some kind of communing situation with each other, uh, even when they haven't got a cause, as, I, as far as I can see, is what's the case with the Occupy Wall Street, etc. Et That's just like, it, this isn't working, it needs to change. They not necessarily come up with an alternative yet. So even without an actual manifesto, people are wanting to join together, it's becoming instinctual. 
And um, I think that's essentially a very healthy sign and that we must encourage it. I'm not talking about the political aspects at all. I'm apolitical personally, but I'm, I'm talking about this, this urge to join into and, and to somehow realize and express the joy of being a global family. Because if you go into the DNA of it all, you know, there, there are 99.9% of our genes of all 7 billion people on the planet are identical. 99.9% of our genes, of everyone on this planet, are identical. It's just the 0.1% that is actually different. That's all it is um, that makes us each individual. So really, we're almost 100% the same person. And we're, we're connected, almost, absolutely. Yeah, we're connected, and it's time to celebrate that because there's going to be a lot of strength in that. And I think then, if we devote ourselves to that, cause just to joining and then see what happens but joining in love and and truthfulness with each other is what everybody wants really it is for sure then we will together somehow affect the shift in a positive way i believe being the eternal optimist and on the other hand you know if we don't there's been about 30 billion species on this planet that have come and gone already most of them totally without trace so you know if ours which is a relatively young one we've only been here a few seconds relatively speaking you know, if we were to disappear, it's no big deal. It's only like one speck in the universe that just went plinged and then it was gone. But, right. um, you know, that's not what I wish for at all. But I think we must maintain that perspective too because it, otherwise it, it, it gets a bit heavy. You've got to keep it light. It's all a bit like, so what? It's only a game, you know, really. Well, that's I'll, true. I mean, that's basically, like, don't take it so serious because, you know, it, it's not taking you so seriously. <laughs> I think we have to really kind of like simplify and don't amplify. But the thing is, I mean, we have to face it. There's two emotions uh the human experience, love and fear. And I think when we struggle, when we fight, when we do all these, you know, um, hurtful and, and hateful um, acts towards one another, it comes from a place of fear. And I think, you know, uh, you know, I mean, we understand that, you know, some people are like, you know, it's like if I do this, somebody's going to take it from me if I don't fight for my own, you know. Um, I mean, I know like one of the things like, you know, I, I belong to a couple group on, on Facebook with peace and stuff like that. And I remember like, you know, you know, the thing about Mother, Mother Teresa, she always said um, when they invited her to anti-war uh, anti um, rally, she said, next time you have a peace rally, invite me. Yeah. Because yeah. the fact is like, even though that's supposed to be the same message, but you really kind of, um, again, you know, you're trying to do what? you know, with, with the negatively, negativity, you know, associated with anti-war, you know, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. you know. So I, I think that's one of the places that we try to come. But I just want to read a quote that you said um, as far as our responsibility. You said, as a warrior, quote, I mean, I'm going to have to start with that. As a warrior, you take responsibility for holding the balance between light and dark within you. By extension, yeah. the world around you. And ultimately, when you go deep enough, the universe. I love end quote. That's I, I love that. I mean, you know, it goes back to your uh, warrior school. I have attended some of your uh, classes online. Mm. I mean, there's so much I want to cover with you. I'm going to take a short break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the school of warrior. I want to play um, a clip from your uh, uh, psychoactive uh, album. I love that Thank song. You. Beautiful. So we'll be right back and uh, please stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, my friends, welcome back. This is Korea. You are listening to your Life Now show. I have a great guest with me here today, the Barefoot Doctor, Steph, also known as Stephen Russell, for those of you who uh, who know him by Stephen Russell. 
And I just want to tell you, um, Steph, you have a, a full audience. The chat room is full of people. I want to thank you all for being there. Thank you for listening. And also wanted to mention this show will be archived. I will be rebroadcasting again my normal time, which is normally it's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern time, and also will be available on iTunes for free download. I have so many things I want to cover with you, Steph. I mean, it's like it's the time is flying by, so let's let's get into it. So we talked about yeah. you know um, the school of warrior. Yes. What what goes on with that training? I mean, I know you know I know, but can you tell our listeners what uh, you know? What's yes, what uh, school school for warriors. There's school for warriors one, and there's school for warriors two, and school for warriors three, and. What it is, a warrior is, uh, as you, you gave me that lovely quote, you, you, I shouldn't say that because it's my quote, but it was lovely of you to say it. Um, the one that the warrior takes responsibility for everything in their world and on behalf of everybody in the world so that you are a proper responsible member of the, of the collective. And um, your job is to straddle the two realms, what Carlos Castaneda called the Nahual and the Tonal, the, the invisible causative subatomic level of reality, and the manifest world of matter. And do it so adroitly that you're, you're in the world, but not of the world, in the, the kind of the way that Jesus would have put it. Um, so you become, like I was saying before, a bit like an angel in human form. Um, you are also aware of your boundaries. You know where you begin and where you end, in a sense. You know at least where you're centered and how you assemble yourself. And you know what is acceptable to you in terms of how other people treat you. Um, and you develop a way of communicating from being centered that enables you to negotiate your way through life without people stealing from you or, or robbing you too much, you know, so that you can, you can keep thriving. And your, your mission is to, well, your purpose is to enjoy each and every moment of being alive because you know that you're, you're an expression of this ineffable presence, this Tao, and it only made itself as you, so it could enjoy itself. It didn't do it, so it would have a horrible time. So your, your purpose is to enjoy being alive. I mean, even enjoying the pain of it, the fear of it, the suffering of it, because each and every moment is an, an unparalleled gift. Just life is a miracle. And having that joy, and then your mission as the warrior is to spread that joy as far as you can, as wide as you can, because then you're waking other people up to their own internal joy. And then the Tao is experiencing joy through more and more and more people. There can't be anything more important to do than that while you're alive. Right. And what I do in, in School for Warriors 1 is teach you the, the uh, basis of finding your personal power, your power base inside, how to center yourself properly, how to breathe properly, how to hold your posture properly, how to relax your muscles and your mind properly, how to sink your weight so you become like the martial arts master, how to draw your mind back deep inside to the rear of your skull so that you're constantly bearing witness to what's going on rather than getting lost in it all, and how to open your heart so that you can feel connected in love, truly in love rather than in pretending love, with everyone around you and therefore act from genuine compassion. Uh, and the way I teach it in School for Warriors 1, it's eight weeks and you get a, a, a video every day which you watch. You do the exercise in the video. That's me in the video. It's like you're having a one-on-one -on -one session with me. Right. And then you, you meet up. On, we have webinars so that you meet up to ask questions and stuff as you go along. By the end of the eight weeks, you've been taking... And they're very short. You only have to do about six minutes practice a day because this is based on the fact that I know that people are busy and that they're not going to give much more time to that over the long term anyway. So, but I found what the minimum is over the years, I've been decades I've been teaching. I figured what's the minimum that would actually do the job um, for people who are busy, you've got to be realistic about it. And it seems to be about four to six minutes. And this goes on for eight weeks. And at the end of it all, you have gone through a definite, notable transformation in the way that you feel, in the way that you're operating in the world, and therefore in the way the world operates with you. And then School for Warriors 2 is the de development and the focusing and using of your energy, your chi, uh, which derives naturally once you're centered, but then are teaching how to develop it. And then School for Warriors 3 is the advanced level of how to develop what they call in Taoism the immortal spirit body, you know, that angel presence within you, how to actually make that solid so that it's, that's exactly who you are and remain that way all the time. 
And, and it's essentially a training in how to remain in the angelic state, in the enlightened state, all the time while you're talking to people, while you're walking down a busy street, while you're in the bank, while you're on the phone, while you're doing your emails, whatever it is you're doing, that you've always got this place to keep coming back into centeredness and calm and energy and enlightenment. And that makes life just utterly beautiful, whatever's going on. I mean, it doesn't mean you, you avoid the pain. It doesn't mean you don't go through hard times. Everybody does because of the yin and the yang. But you go through them much lighter and you come out of them much faster, much less scathed. You, you, you feel blessed by being alive, including even by the pain. Because you know that from that will come the next growth phase and so on and so forth. But it stops being an intellectual thing and starts to become really visceral. You actually feel it. You feel just more alive, more sensitive, more powerful, more beautiful as a warrior. That's it in a nutshell. It's almost like I want to live that all the time. You know, unfortunately, sometimes reality or whatever we, you know, we create in our life, it, it's, you know, a charge and, and start to uh, take away from us. But it's 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 an amazing uh, time when you spend with yourself and trying to enlighten and, and, and uh, be still. Um, so, of course, people want to learn more about um, the School for Warriors. They can visit your website and they can sign up on the schoolforwarriors.com, correct? Correct. Okay. So, please, you know, check them out. And I also want to put out the number again, you know, take advantage of the fact that we have um, Steph, the Barefoot Doctor, here on the show. You can call him at 626 213 5773. Um, you can also use Skype to call in, and as well as the chat room is open. All right. What what else do I, I have? Like so many things I want to ask you. I want to okay. I want to know about the um, conscious clubbing night. I love that. I I I mean, of course, I listen to a lot of the uh, um, the music, but I've never been there. I told you someday I will attend some of these uh, events that you have in Europe. Um, tell us, how do you combine meditation and dance? Okay, well, you, you know you were playing that clip a little bit before. That was one of the tracks that mm-hmm. we made for for the night that we used to do in the Beautiful. Theater. And uh, so you've got the house beat going on, and as you've got the beat going on, I'm, I'm totally ad-libbing it all the time. I'm on the mic. And yeah. say somebody, say a beautiful girl walks onto the dance floor, I just start going, you're beautiful. And she doesn't know I'm talking to her. I go, no, you, you, you're beautiful. <laughs> and then she'll look at me and smile, and then I'll find somebody else who, be a guy this time just to keep it even and I go you and you're beautiful and you you're beautiful and I'll start talking to everybody in the club and say and then I go now say I'm beautiful doesn't matter how ugly you feel inside just say I'm beautiful and can you feel it yes because you are you're beautiful and I'll just keep talking like that and whatever's going on I'll use it as a way to springboard into some kind of hypnotic conversation I and then, and then once I've got people's attention, and in a clubbing environment, you don't get it for long at a time. You know, they're, they're entranced by the beat or they're drinking or they're chatting with their friends or they're dancing. And um, you don't want to interfere too much. But once you've got their attention, you can then go into a little kind of a different kind of mode where you go, look, the presence that's informing us all here, some people call it God, some people call it the doubt. It doesn't matter what you call it. Names just names. What does matter is is that you open your heart and you play your part in this great adventure that we're on, making it beautiful for everybody by instilling your joy in every girl and boy. Come on, instill your joy in every girl and boy. And it's like that, you know, it's, it's these little flights of poetic rhyming, um, you know, aphorisms that just kind of lift people's spirits. And uh, by the end of the night, which actually is morning, usually when the sun comes up, you just get p- people are completely blissed out, and um, I'm exhausted, but they're totally blissed out. <laughs> but you get the energy, but you still feel energized. I mean, I've been, you know, not necessarily, like I said, with, with you, but I have been in similar, you know, kind of setting, and it's just like you don't get tired. You don't feel tired because you, no, just you, like, you yeah. feel the energy of other people. Now, um, it, again, I apologize if I'm not pronouncing it right, but your weekly gathering through meditation, in the Sat Sang, which is the sun, yeah. yeah. Um, getting together. I know that's. Uh, in, um, can you please explain to us what is Sat Sang and what is the, what is it that you do on a weekly basis? That's another great uh, event that you host. Yeah, it's something very, very close to my heart. I mean, Sat Sang is a, an ancient Indian Sanskrit word that the gurus uh, generally use in India to describe the uh, the meetings where everybody comes to the ashram. And uh, it, the general format, the traditional format, is, is that you, the, the guru will talk for a period of time about the world and what's going on in it and how that relates to the spirit and so on. And then there'll be a, a meditation 
which is usually done in in in, uh, in real life. It's done in silence, and then the guru will take questions from the participants and answer them. Um, this online satsang um, is slightly different because it's not it's not really fitting to have long periods of silence when you're sitting there from around the world. Right. But basically, people come from all around the world, literally every single country almost on the planet. Um, no, that's an exaggeration, but certainly every continent on the planet, and there's people from all over the States and Australia and India and um, Pakistan and um, Iran even. I, no, well, not Iran. It was some other place, Uzbekistan, and one of those places down there that you wouldn't expect anyone to come on from. And France and Italy and Germany and England and Wales and Ireland and Scotland and everywhere and everywhere, the, you know, Argentina. And um, they, uh, I lead you through. I'll have a little rap. There'll be a, a theme, like the one that's coming up this week is... Uh, um, bring on the miracle actually do you bring a miracle on or does it just happen by itself and that's the theme of it and I don't know what I'm going to say till I start it's totally ad-libbed and I'll talk for 20 minutes or so about miracles and in this instance and what they are and how you bring them on if you do and you know what your role is with it and then um, and then I'll guide people through a meditation which will be based on the same stuff that I'm teaching in School for Warriors but I'm ad-libbing it and I'm feeling it as I'm going along. I've got my eyes closed and I'm right in it. I've been doing this offline for you know decades, so it's it's something I love and, I, and it's what I do down in in Monaco, for example, on, you know once a week. And um, you know I love doing, I love guiding people through meditation, and I'm doing it for myself as well. And it always results in us being together and sending love, healing love, and energy to everybody on the planet. Um, and you can really feel it, and everybody, I do myself, I'm totally transported by it, the hairs on my face stand up, and everybody emails in afterwards, there's hundreds of people just like, wow, that was unbelievable, I really felt it, we were really together there, we did something. And it does feel like you're contributing, because you were asking earlier what to do, it does feel like you're contributing properly to increasing the levels of peace and light in the world, in a kind of practical way, and that, mm-hmm. that's... Um, barefootsatsang.com it's at 1700 GMT every Sunday more or less yes yes and that is uh, okay that's mountain time so I'm trying to figure it <laughs> convert it to uh, um, that's well that's English what do they call it that's two, English Greenwich two o'clock. Time. Yeah, yeah yeah I was going to say it's 2 o'clock my time um, that is uh, incredible I mean I you know I only had attended one um, that one Sunday the Sunday I'm going to definitely try but I have to do some volunteer work so I'm, I'm definitely seeing if I, the time is going to be working out for me to be on there uh, because it's an amazing experience I, noon it's you know, noon noon my time on, on Sunday yeah. okay okay yeah. Um, so again you know check it out go on the website register and uh, and, and, and share that joy because it's it's definitely a great great um, so how do we live the Tao like how we how we how can we on an individual level mm-hmm. experience you know uh, that amazing I mean I know like I do Tai Chi I mean there's a form of like you know a meditation of course yoga I always encourage my client to you know practice yoga or any some sort of 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 uh uh um something similar to Tai Chi I love Tai Chi by the way of course I'm a yoga practice practitioner too um what what do we do I mean give us some you know could I, could I take people through a, a little um please oh my god routine. I love that yes please okay. go ahead so hey look for everybody's listening here now um, take a moment to, if you're sitting, take a moment to get a little bit more comfortable in your seat. If you're standing or walking or crouching or lying down, whatever you're doing, get a little bit more comfortable. Comfort's important. And uh, become aware of your belly button as, as being at the kind of the center of your body. Because if you put your arms above your head and you lay out flat and someone wants to put a handle on you and lift you up like a piece of luggage, they put it on your belly button. That would be the dead center of all your weight. So you just think about your belly button for a moment, and that gathers you into a shape. Suddenly your mind's not as scattered and you're more unified. Now look at your breathing, and if you're holding your breath, which we all do without realizing it through stress and anxiety and whatever, let your breath go. Let, let, let the breathing start to flow, and flow slowly and luxuriantly, knowing that each breath is, is a possibility of new life, new opportunities, new magic. So you're taking each breath in as if it's a great gift from the gods, which is exactly what it is. And as you expel each breath, you're just letting go of all the the chains that attach you to all the stuff that no longer works for you. 
And you've got the breathing nice and slow and smooth and silken. And you notice that has automatically made your mind more slow and smooth and silken in its feel. And uh, already the quality of your thoughts has started to brighten a little bit. Now, look at your posture, because what we do is we tend to contract and crumple ourselves as a sort of a reaction to all the stresses and strains of life. It's as if we're kind of going into our shells. But the idea now is to expand the posture, and then that will expand your sense of yourself. So visualize that someone is pulling the crown of your head upwards towards the ceiling by virtue of an invisible silver thread attached to your crown. And that's causing your spine to elongate, to lengthen at the back of the neck, and your chin to drop slightly towards your chest. Now, you know, I was saying that we're angels. Now, imagine that you do have a pair of angel wings, uh, one attached to each shoulder blade, and they're big, fat, heavy wings, angel wings. To get you in flight, you'd have to have a big pair of wings. And the weight of those wings is causing your shoulders to drop and to broaden, just as they would. So let that happen. And get a feeling of your sit bones broadening as well, or your hips broadening, to give you a broader base to support it all. You can imagine a tug of war team with a rope attached to each hip bone, and each team is pulling in different directions to make your hips a bit broader. Now, I'm talking mentally, obviously. And then to cap off the um, expanding of the posture, just raise the breastbone just a little bit, the, the width of the pencil lead even, not much. It's a very subtle gesture of rising up to all that is beautiful. Now you feel more noble, more dignified, and you can afford to let all your muscles soften. So starting from the crown of your head, imagine a, a beautiful, rich, golden treacle that has this magical, relaxing property to it that's pouring down over your skull, and everywhere it goes, it's causing the tissue to soften and relax. And your face is softening, and your head is softening, and your neck is softening, and your throat, and your shoulders, and your arms, and your hands, and your fingers, and your chest, and your upper back between the blades, middle back, lower, lower back, the belly, all the organs inside, the heart, the lungs, the liver, the spleen, the stomach, the bladder, the bowels, everything is relaxing inside, even the blood vessels are relaxing, and all the way down through your pelvic floor, and your hips, and your legs, and into your feet, until the whole of you is softened and relaxed. And you'll notice now that it makes you inclined to sink the weight, no longer to fight gravity. And because your spine's elongated and being suspended from above, you can afford to let all the weight, that heavy weight of the head and your neck and your shoulders and your chest, and all the, the weight of the story that you carry around with you, just let that sink down below the level of your navel, into your legs, into the ground. And it makes you feel more solid, more present. And you're paying homage to the awesome power of the earth with its boiling interior as it spins on its axis at a thousand miles an hour and hurtles around the sun, even as we speak, at 66,000 miles an hour. And that power now is coming out of the ground and you're sinking to meet it. And now, just tilt your head back very, very subtly, just the tiniest little bit, like the, the... the difference of the butterfly wing and allow your mind to slide backwards along the floor of your skull until it's nestling quite comfortably up against the rear interior wall of your skull. And if you've got your eyelids lowered, if you can lower your eyelids, if not with your eyes open, you can see from way back there into the infinite expanse of inner space that's there behind your eyes, behind your forehead. And finally, Visualize the two halves of your chest opening like a pair of luxurious sliding doors to reveal your beautiful, gorgeous beating heart that's been beating there since you were formed in the womb and will continue to beat for the duration that gives your life tempo, that gives your life rhythm, um, that pumps, in fact, the amount in one year of four Olympic swimming-sized pools of blood. That's how powerful your heart is. But it also is the seat of your love, your goodness, your innate kindness, the beauty that is you, uniquely you. And that's your gift. That's the gift that you've come here to share with the world. So like relaxing the area of your chest, softening it now, allow your love to radiate to everyone around you, to everyone around them, to everyone around them, until eventually your love is radiating, subtly, discreetly, but nonetheless radiating, to every living being on this planet. And at the same time, allow their love to come back into you, even if they don't know they're sending it right now. Make yourself available to all the love of everyone in the universe. And you just sit here, breathing in, breathing out. And what you're aware of now 
recognize this sense of the presence that's informing you, that's watching from within you. And it's the same presence that's informing everybody and watching from within everybody. And this is the Tao. This is the Tao loving you with all its heart, with all its soul, and with all its might. And this is you loving the Tao with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And now you're in the flow, and miracles will follow. Over to you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. I actually went through the whole thing with you, so it was, it was incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, All right. Pleasure. Thank you. I'm going to take another short break because I need to get myself back up. <laughs> and uh, and then we will um, – I'm going to play another clip from one of your um, – uh, um, song on the cycle. Yes, dub up, dub up. I love that song, dub up. Is that how you say it? Dub up, yes. Okay, so we'll, we'll be right back. Thank you so much. It's a loud. Hey friends, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. This is Kotria. You are listening to your Life Now show with me today, my dear friend, guest, the Barefoot Doctor, also known as Stephen Russell. Steph, thank you so much for being here again. What an amazing experience. I can I have you for the rest of the day? <laughs> yeah, but you can teleport me over there from the uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, what do you call it? Uh, um Oh my God! What do they used to do in um, Star Trek? Trek. Yeah, we'd eat me up, Scotty. (laughs) Yes, that's it. So anyway, um, I want to get a chance to talk about your latest book, The Message. I mean, like I said, there's so much stuff that we I would love to have covered with you, but I'm sure I will have you on the show again, and we can talk more about so many things. Um, Your last book, or the latest book that you have written, The Message: Vision for the New World. I have to tell you, I read a few chapters of the book. One of you, actually, I just mentioned before we talk about the book, Pure. I love that book. I Thank love you. that book. It's 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 a simple reading. It's a really you know really um, easy reading, and you just hit it right on the spot when you talk about the pure you. And and most of us really kind of forget how pure we were. You know, when we were born and, and, and how life kind of like, you know, changed who we are, but we need to go back to that pure us and, and, and acknowledge and accept the person that we are. Um, you know, that's going to be probably for another show, but I, I want to make sure okay. that covers yeah. your book, but I love that book. Thank so you. This book is deep for me. I have to tell you, um, it's a lot deeper than I, I can, I thought I can, you know, um, uh, comprehend because it, it's obviously we're talking about, uh, Moses and the Ten Commandments, and you talk about the messenger, and you talk about the message. What is the real message for this right now, this world that we live in right now, for the future, and what you see the world uh, becoming? And uh, I think I, I think you said in your book the message that if if this these principles are practiced, then life enhances value. Commandments arise arise naturally from within rather than being imposed from outside. A natural template template for living a brilliant life no matter what is going on. Um, so tell us more about, you know, the message and the messenger. And, and you sound like you are the messenger. You're trying to give the message to the world. So what is the message? Well, yeah, in the, in the humblest way possible. But the, the, the message is this, that time for focusing on, on individual evolution is, is over. We've reached critical mass point now. There's enough of us who are awake. 
and the, the the deal now is is that we have to come together and evolve collectively. I'm not suggesting I quite know how that's done. I don't think anyone does yet. It will show itself, but we have to be willing and prepared now to join up. Mm-hmm. The, um, the I then uh, propose that when you know how to center yourself, which is exactly what we were just doing in that meditation, and I teach it in the book in in, to- in great depth. Uh, when you know how to center yourself, you give rise to the natural. Um, awakening of the angelic presence within, the divine within you. And when that wakes up in you, you're aware of it in everybody. And that elicits empathy and respect for the divine in everyone and everything. Then, what's really interesting um, is that the Ten Commandments, which is something I've been thinking about since I was in my early 20s, R.D. Lang suggested that it was a very important part of everything, and I, I took them really to heart and r- realized that, you know, until now we've never been able to live with the Ten Commandments. We've tried, but the very people who uphold them, you know, the establishments break them constantly by lying, by killing, by, you know, all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I realized that once you become centered, these commandments become something different. They become precepts for grace and enlightenment. So, for example, the very when you're centered, the very first commandment is, I am the Lord your God, and you shall have no other gods before me. Well, that as a commandment, you know, yeah, okay, so you hear it, and you go, all right, I must remember that you're the Lord your God, and I mustn't have any other gods before you, and then right. you forget about it two seconds That's later. But right. mm-hmm. As a precept for enlightenment, if, you, if you're aware that the God, the Tao, whatever you want to call it, is informing everything and everyone around you, and you train your mind to focus on that primarily, rather than on what the people are saying or what they're doing or how well or badly you're doing or how much money or prestige you're gaining for yourself. If you just keep focusing on the kingdom of heaven, if you like, everything else will be added to you. All every, everything else falls into perspective. So it's really a brilliant precept for enlightenment and grace. Then when you know that the other person is an expression of the divine, or to the extent you know that through your practice of censoring, is the extent to which you wouldn't dream of killing them or killing their ideas, or killing their energy, you wouldn't, you couldn't, because you're too respectful of the fact that they are the divine. Um, you wouldn't steal from them, because your understanding of that you're stealing, really, from yourself, and it will just kind of come back on you. You, you learn to respect the, the integrity and the, um, the uh, I can't think of the word, of, of, the, of the people around you. you. And if everybody starts to get this by censoring, rather than by having it imposed on them, like you're a naughty child and you need to learn these lessons, we're giving you these rules. That doesn't work. If you learn from within that what you are is divine and that what the other is is divine, you start to live with people in a totally different way. And if lots of people do that, we'll be living with each other with so much more respect and wisdom and cooperation and, and love will become, will be realized to be, which is what it was all the time anyway, the real currency. And once we know that love is the real currency, the economy will be booming with it. And that will be reflected in the, in the financial economy too. It's the love that makes everything flow. At the moment, things are kind of held in thrall by fear and the desire to plunder what's left of the resources. Once we wake up in numbers and we realize who we are and what we are and where we are, we'll start treating it in a totally different way. And I believe we'll have the power to pull through and enter what is promised, which is the Aquarian Age, which we've entered into, the Age of Enlightenment. And it will be the age where the feminine principle will be dominant, which is the one of cooperation, collaboration, rather than the masculine principle, which has been for the last two or 5,000 years, which has all been about domination and control. Competition, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's really true, but see, you know, I I, I truly understand, you know, the message that you're trying to uh, send out uh, from your book. Uh, I I still think like there's going to be a transition period, like where, you know, I mean, I, I think on a, on a on on a smaller level, obviously, when I work with my clients, like almost people have to hit like bottom before they can start rising up, you know, um, and 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 start doing making some changes. I think we're all going to see, I mean, you know, people are scared of 2012 and they're predicting, you know, uh, the Mayans said that the, the world's going to end. Well, the world's not going to end. Maybe the calendar is going to end. There's going to be a new age, a new time. And uh, those who are the strongest, those are the people who collaborate, the ones going to survive it. 
and the ones that are the weakest and the people who are always seeking power and seeking, um, uh, I want to say, you know, uh, prestigious or whatever, those are the ones that they're going to feel it the most. I mean, I don't know what you thought about this, but I feel like that that is, an, you know, we cannot avoid that. That's going to happen. Something really big is going to happen, and we are experiencing right now, you know, some of these uh, major changes that's happening around the world. But like I said, I mean, I think we all need to, you know, strengthen ourselves, start collaborating, working together, realizing that we're all connected. Everything affects everybody. And, you know, I mean, most of us, I mean, I grew up, you know, overseas, and, and I know how, you know, like I, I can relate to a lot of things that happen, you know, in the world. It's just because, you know, you you cannot be ignorant. You cannot think the only place that exists is where you are and everybody else does not exist. We all connected. Um, I, I don't know what you thought about that. I think your book kind of, you know, like I said, I have not finished reading it, you know, but I think you really kind of talk about, like, getting together. We need to really, you know, go back to you the basics. To, you, you said it. I'm, I'm just have to tell you, I've been getting this in my earphones 10 seconds till the end of the recording, so I just wanted you to... No, don't worry. We are still That's on. Cool, yeah. We're still on. Cool. It, it just goes into archive right now, so it's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you you uh, just said it, basically, exactly what I what I feel. I do, I do think that um, it chances of getting through this transition unscathed um, are slim, I'd say, because, you know, we are in a particularly difficult place. Um, it's possible, though. Uh, it is possible. Everything's possible. Miracles do happen. Nonetheless, I mean, things are tightening up, and they'll probably do so um, in, in te- increasingly and faster, and hence why it's so important to center yourself, because the source of your strength, your true strength, comes from that silence at the core the Tao within you, the angelic presence, that's where your strength comes from. Um, and we need to learn to do that now because to be emotionally prepared for the changes is really important, I think, as well as physically prepared so that you don't go into an absolute state of shock and, and, and become useless. You know, if, if, if the electricity stopped uh, flowing, if the food stopped coming into the stores, if the petrol stopped going into the garages, to the petrol stations, the gas stations to fill the cars, you know, the, 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 a kind of mayhem would probably ensue. And we need to be emotionally prepared for those kinds of changes. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but we have to be ready for everything so that we have flexibility and resilience. And again, we're going to have to help. We're going to be forced to help each other, either help or, or destroy. So I'm suggesting we help each other rather than try and destroy each other. And the more of us that help each other, the more chance we have of getting through it. Survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not just for us. It's for our children and their children and their children too. And I do, I have absolute faith in human ingenuity and brilliance. And I do truly believe that we will get through this. We've just got a, a tricky passage at the moment as the old paradigm falls away and all the people invested in it cling hard to it. You know, it, it, it's inevitable that that would occur, you know, the, the, the conflict between the old and the new. But the new is coming through so powerfully and strongly that I think if we just tie our colours to the mast, if we just invest in the new and put all our energy into, into bringing, ushering that in, it will take care of us. That's my belief, that we will be taken care of if we align ourselves to the new model, the new force that's coming through, as opposed to clinging to the old. And that means you've got to be brave, everybody. You've got to be brave. But we are. That's the thing. Our human spirit is incredibly courageous. And this is the time to, to exercise it. That is wonderfully said. Um, just wanted to let people know in the chat room, you might not be able to hear us right now because we are not live on the air anymore. I should have extended the time. Um, but you will be you will be able to listen to the remainder of the show when it's archived and because it's going into recording right now as we speak, um, Steph. So it's all good, you know, so don't think you missed anything. You can replay it after we're done with the um, with the show, and um, so you'll be able to hear the last few min- minutes of the show as well. Um, because I just got a message saying people like you are not on the air. Okay, so Steph, you know, I like I really would love to have you more and and talk to you, talk to you, talk with you about a lot of other things. I mean, I know I had like a list of things I wanted to cover with you, but the time flies when when yeah. I have a wonderful guest like yourself. Um, promise me you'll come back. 
I promise you. I think you're, you're so lovely. You've got such a great energy. And oh, my God. You have no idea. I am like, my face is glowing right now because I'm feeling the joy. I'm feeling like the energy that you had left us with, with today and, and given us a great gift. I really appreciate you. I appreciate all your work. I just want to put it out again to everybody who's listening to the show. Thank you so much for listening now. Archive on iTunes. Um, listen back to the show and, 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 and get some of these, you know, great tips the you know, uh, the Barefoot Doctor had given us. And, uh, you know, you got a great resources. He got a great resource for, resources for you. Check out the schoolforwarriors.com. Check out his, his uh, um, uh, the major website, barefootdoctorglobal.com. And, of course, you want to participate in a, a weekly meditation on Sundays. You're going to continue doing that? <clears throat> the, yeah, the, okay, for, okay, great. I, I think this is a great thing. BarefootDoctorSetSan.com. And, of course, if you want to get some free resources, um, the Barefoot Doctor kindly gives you some information on SuperchargedDoubt.com. And uh, get the book, The Message, Vision of the New World. Great, great book. I want to. I can't wait to finish reading it. I, I think this is um, definitely something that we all need to uh you know, to read and, and figure out, like, how do we work together, how to collaborate, and how to, uh, you know, bring this world to ease because, uh, I mean, it, it's it's amazing. I have to tell you, you know, it, we had experienced some natural disaster here, nothing major, and, you know, between the hurricane and also between the so- snowfall that we had in yeah. October, which is very unheard yeah. of, yeah. you know, people lost power Trees fell. I was actually going to do some volunteer work when we that weekend when that snow fell, and I saw a tree fall right in front of me on a car, and luckily nobody got hurt. And I, I mean, I just saw like it's almost like the world in front of us. Like you know, we need to save this world. I think you know, I, I think the world is crying for help. You know, for us to do something, and I really think we can. And if you think you cannot, really rethink that because I think we all can do something about what's yeah. going on. So yeah, you must. With all being, you know, all that being said, can you leave us with anything? Um, just one last thing. Um, if uh, I just had to leave you with one word at the end of it, all would just be breathe. Just keep breathing. That's the most important thing of all. Just keep breathing. Everything's going to be fine. I know. I it's, believe that. It's all beautiful in this moment. We have everything we need right here, right now. Because, you know, I know Latsu said, when somebody asked him, what is the Tao? So why is, why is the Tao so valuable? And he said, because it's everywhere and everyone every everyone can use it. So yeah. use that and, and see God in you, see God in everybody and, and, and all be amazing. And and my friend, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, Thanks so much for too. being here. Okay, you take too. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, bless you. Bye. Okay, bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.